say you're listening to the culture report i am your host stevenson altador and i hope you guys had a wonderful weekend and a beautiful day i'm with my co-host l'oreal nicks hello hello and you know thank you so much to you guys i know i can't stress this enough but you are the ones who motivate us to do this every week listen to the podcast i appreciate every single listen download from the bottom of my heart, you know, clap it up. Shout man. out to y'all. Clap it up, man. Y'all the real MVPs. Y'all the real MVPs, God. But you know, we have a lot of fun topics to talk about. But first, let's get into arguably the biggest story of the week. LMA. I say you pronounce her name? LMA. LMA. LMA yeah. Elementary, LMA. whatever you want to call her. <laughs> um, and Jacquees. I finally got that name right. Lord, uh, you call him the little, the little Wayne clone, but shorter. <laughs> Yeah. So there was a real big issue this week um, with Jarquees as he made a remix to LMA's song Trip. Now, if you haven't heard the song, in the shortest way possible, I can tell you it's boot up, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> the song has been doing well on YouTube and knows 45 million views on it, LMA version. But Jacquees' version has was getting a lot of traction over the past couple of weeks, and he made a video, an unofficial video for a song that's not his. And then um, LMA record label came in and said, "Nah, you got to take that down, like right now." They sent him a cease and desist letter. That's pretty serious. <laughs> so the song has been taken down everywhere: YouTube, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify. You can't find the song at all. I tried to find a song to play for you guys. It's gone. <laughs> like nowhere to be seen. So what do you what do you think about this whole situation? Well, um, first off, let's just give it up for LMA. She is recently the second woman in history to celebrate um fifteen weeks being number one on the hip hop and R and B charts. So give that to her. Props to her. Um, she's also is British, which first? I didn't know that. Um, I, I would assume it had to be like Beyonce or actually Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Yes. Um, her 2005 track "Be Without You." Wow. Which I really want to get into that last part, but we ain't gonna auntie, do that. Auntie, man, Auntie had that role, man. Yes, Mary J. Blige, lady, everybody, role. Auntie. Honestly, really looking at the situation, I think it is wrong that a lot of people are putting the blame on Ella because even though it does seem like she doing it because the song um, was a lot better than her original version. You have to really look at the industry and how it works. And when you look at Jacquees, even though I think Jacquees is talented and he has a divine voice, a lot of his content, especially when he first came out, was mostly covers. So he covered a lot of songs. Like he covered um, Persian Rugs by Party Next Door. He covered this song. He covered many other songs. To me, I feel like if it was an initially a collaboration where both her and him was on the same song, I feel like it would have been a greater impact than, you know, than it being two separate songs. Uh, Well, man, look, first of all, Jacquees, I mean, Lil Wayne Jr., really need to, like, I don't know, man. That is one thing to make a cover to the song, but, like, <laughs> to... Literally make a cover and then make a video and try to monetize off a piece of art that's not yours, that you just put your own little spin on it. 
that's you know you're not supposed to do that. And it's unfortunate that Ella keeps getting um the blame for this when it's really not her fault. Like it's really not. And if you think about it, let's say you are were an artist, you made a song that's trending number one or like trending on the charts, and then somebody came in and made a cover and they're trying to make money off your art where they use the same melody, the same subject matter, and just for some for better or worse, they did it better than yours. Because Jaquee's version was better than hers. And what's also important to mention is um, in the Twitter, in Twitter, DJ Muster, he made it clear that it wasn't Ella who decided to remove the song. It was him and I believe 300 his... Summers. Yeah, 100 Summers. Or is it 10 Summers? 10 Summers, my yeah, bad. 10 Summers. His 10, 10, summers, 10 summers, summers label, they wanted to um, delete him solely because um, the way Ella May's success is going, which is going really great... They don't want nothing to hinder that. So they believe that the song but would potentially hinder her success, which I believe that it, it would. Essentially, Essentially Jacquees, it would. Was, Jacquees was messing up the bag. That's all it was. You cannot be out here. If I was DJ Mux, I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. I have a rising artist who has talent, who has the number one song, on the hip-hop and R&B charts for 15 weeks straight. The second woman ever. Ever. Period. You're not going to come in and ruin my bag. I'm about to make money off her. I'm a leech. And she has a whole lot of blood I could take. That's exactly how it works in this music industry. You see that talent, you're going to prop it up. You're going to make that investment because you know you're going to get a profit in return. So am I? could I really be mad at Ella? At, um, Ella? And DJ Mustard and, a whole, and her whole team and sending that whole cease and desist order? Cease, no. cease and desist order? No, I cannot be. It's it's literally impossible. Like It was her song. But I do think that's a reflection of who she is as an artist. Because, like, not an artist, but, like, I just think she's so bland. Like, there's nothing, nothing besides that beautiful, beautiful voice. Because she truly has a beautiful voice. That makes me stand out and stand for her. You just made a the summer anthem of of the basically the anthem of the year. When that song come, I'm so deep in my feelings, like something by anxiety and some shit like that. I don't know the f- song goes. I don't even like the song that much. <laughs> to be so it totally goes, honest, I can't. Whatever the song goes, y'all don't want to hear me sing. I'm terrible at it. But <laughs> <laughs> but that song is an anthem. She has so much momentum going, and yet. I don't see anything that makes me want to stand for her besides that one particular song. Like, what does she do? Have what name an interview where she's like, "Will you truly know who she is?" Or like a standout moment of her that shows her personality or her artistry. I find all her songs to be particularly boring in a sense. I agree. Because she with you, doesn't to go. Some extent. Yeah, everything sounds polished, but sometimes being too polished makes it so boring. Like the San Antonio Spurs when they play basketball, they play so well you don't want to watch them. But Look they at New win, England. But they win. They win. Look at New England. They play so well. They play so fundamentally sound. You don't want to watch them that much. But they also because they win a lot. And I'm a Dolphins fan, and they kill us all the time. But um, but w- so when you sound that polished, or when it sounds that polished, you don't put any ki- type of edginess to it, or Dynamic. Dynamics or not what that or her own dynamic to it or even her own style. If her style is just bland, like unseasoned potatoes and what I'm not gonna eat it. 
Shout out to the All Fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree with you, Stevenson. She does need a little bit more, um, a little bit more star power because when you look at other R and B, when you look at like um, R and B artists, like to me, like Kalani or Tanache, like Tanache is a bad comparison. She has no star power. Tanache, nobody cares about her. She was licking toilets. Okay, well, <laughs> well, 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 we gotta blame her label. But when you look, no, no when, when no, I think, no, when, no, I, you when I think of artists like Kalani and T- and Tanache, they have the voice, they have the personality, and you know, Kalani, they can dance their ass off. I mean, like that's why you you will go to a Kalani show because you want to see her dance her ass off no, no, while singing, no. you know, her songs. I would, I don't, okay. I would go to a concert. I don't know about you guys, but like I would go to a concert because I like the person's music. Exactly. But I mean, think but, about it. But, no, it. but think about somebody like Beyonce. Beyonce, she has an incredible voice, but she can dance her ass off. Oh, I won't say When you see her voice, on but, tour, you want to see her sing, but you want to see her dance her ass off. See, no, those are two different realms. You That's can, why you, you pay $300 for them tickets. There's a, no, there's, no there's, there's another reason why you pay $300 for a, for a Beyonce ticket and $45 for a Tanisha ticket. Because Beyonce is not only going to give you dancing, she's going to give you a whole experience that you will not, you will never forget. It's a performance. It's not just her dancing. It's the group she, the group, the dancers that's with her, all the props, the um, this the stage um, sometimes dialogue or just natural dialogue comes up with, from her and her friends to call and response. Sometimes it's just um, how she just has the stage presence when you feel like even this a hundred things going on. You're solely focused on her. That's what Tanache, I'm saying. Only I don't even know. I can't even tell you one song besides um, that song that Drake did. Two on, and that that's about it. It was Schoolboy Q. By and the way, Drake did a remix to it. Yeah, but it was originally with Schoolboy Q. And then, Q. and like, what what am I gonna pay just to see her see her shake her ass? Like like, wow, I can see that on Instagram for for free. Yeah, but no, but, uh, I really could. No, but I'm just saying it's performance, and um, I want to bring up somebody else that a lot of people really don't know. But like this artist, FKA Twigs, really like good. she is really good. Like that's what I'm saying. Like people like her, and I consider like I'm not gonna say like she's better. I'm not gonna say that Kalani is better than her, but I consider her and Kalani. They just have something about them. That just makes like it just clicks, and that's what LMA doesn't really have so far. No, she does not. But also, I think so far, I think you know, and she's she just starting her career. She only has like, I mean, even though she has dropped two EPs, really, "Boot Up" is her biggest single. Even though personally, to me, I think "Naked" is a really vulnerable and a really um warming song. I just feel like LMA so far, she just doesn't have. That if factor. It was three EPs, ready, time, and change. Yeah. So, but she doesn't. She doesn't have that if factor. But if you're going to compare her to people like Kalane or Beyonce, she obviously does not have what those people have. But she even she doesn't even have what Tanache has. Because no. at least at least with Tanache, she has something that that makes me want to turn my head and look like, oh, she doing something wild today. Right. Damn. Still ain't gonna listen to your music, but I'm like, and that's exactly <laughs> how it works. With Ellie, uh, Ella, I'm like, yes, yeah, sounds good, but all you're selling me is music. And this industry, if all you have to sell is music, you're not gonna go anywhere because no. people aren't buying to an artist just for it because they make good music no more. They're no. buying to a whole brand. What you you give them that experience. Why do you think people like Takashi so much? 
Not because his music is amazing. Because of his brand. Because of his brand. You know, you're going to get funny jokes, funny videos. When you see, go to his concert, you're going to be lit. Yeah. Like, that's what you, you go for that he whole entire thing. He throws that same water bottle every we, single time. <laughs> it's just one song. I think it's, um. They all sound alike, so you just name any. <laughs> Kuda. Every time he performs Kuda, he throws like the same water bottle. He just flashes in the air. Every I'm just song, like, oh every my song goodness. sounded like so. Like I, I can't tell you, I can't tell the difference between um, what was that song, Ace Boogie with the hoodie and Fetty Wap, Kiki, Kiki. Yeah, I mean all, all those songs, There's, Kiki, Coda. Oh, let's see if I can name all nine of the songs. Please don't, hmm. please don't. Well, well no, please let's don't. do like a please. quiz. A quiz? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Um. <laughs> You always want to talk about this man. Like, gosh. Gumbo, Kuda, Kiki, um, Tati, Fifi. That they, um, that, that they all sound alike, too, in names? That's wild. Um, wow. Um, wow. Oh, Lord, if I'm missing one. Hey, look, um, man, you're the one who should know. You love this man. Yeah. So far, I got, like, six. I tried. You wanted them to do a quiz you can't name all not. I try. <laughs> wow, just wow. No, but trust me, if you play that song, I'm going to remember specifically what it is. I'm not playing that song. Even though they do all sound the same, it just, when you listen to that one specific song, it's just like, I know what it is. Which one? Because they all sound the same. So which one? Like, when I listen to Tati. Like, Tati, I just know, like, and first of all, it's produced by um, DJ Spin King. But when I just listen to that song, it's like, I know what it is. I can't tell. But, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, once you have that brand, you can sell everything just... The people are more willing to buy into you. So, like, there's a reason why social media are like, oh, we're canceled, or oh, we mad at you. Because all you offer them is music. They don't, you don't have anything to make them invested in you emotionally. Right. So, unless she does something like that, I don't know. I don't think she has a lot of staying power. I don't no. think so. I just think she's going to be one of those R&B artists who's here for two to four years and just, like, Oh man, what happened to you? Like someone who had a very similar name to her, Ella Verne. El Verner. El Verner, sorry, El Verner. So like, yeah, because she she had refills. She had that one song with Jay. Can I get a refill? And her album was actually really good. I was impressed. Watch out for the EP, man. Like she has vocals, and I don't I don't know what the um. But see, she has she had the talent. She she had the vocals. She had good music, but she had nothing to sell. To the people that make their invested in her, yeah. So she's going. She has the same same career trajectory, but you know, you know, I'm tired of talking about her. I mean, I wish her luck. She did pronounce. She did announce her album 16. I think it was called. It's it's coming out for. It's available for pre order now. Uh, date is not available just yet, but you know, check it out if if you want. You know, I will because it's, it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not expecting much, honestly. Because I think there's more talented R&B artists than, than her. Not even just the ones you name. You can go to Kayla Uches. Kayla you can go to yes. Snow Allegra. I swear, I'm terrible yes, with that. Snow Allegra. Um, Emma Lou. She's a new artist from um, Britain. You have this Georgia Smith. This artist named Kalila. She collaborated with Solange. There's another artist named Amber Oliver. She's also from um, the UK. Um, Alina Baraz. I love yeah, her. Yeah, Alina yes. Baraz. Doja Cat. Yes. I'm a cow. I'm a cow. I don't say, wait, what'd you say? I'm not a cat. I, I don't, don't say, say meow. meow. I'm, I'm a cow. cow. I'm, I'm a cow. cow. Hey, 
I'm a cow. cow. But you already tried to go move. <laughs> hey, hey, move. You know I'm too smooth. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got chill, we got chill, we got chill. Okay, next topic. Next topic. We wildin', wildin' right now. That song was lit. Low-key, hold on, wait, no, low-key, I gotta make this one point, though. How that one song took the whole spotlight for Nicki Minaj's Queen album? But next topic. <laughs> next topic. Um, now, as you guys are all aware, it is Lil Wayne's birthday and Young Jeezy. So let's say happy birthday to them. Yes. You know, y'all, the snowman. He represents Detroit heavy. Yes. He, that man Literally. love Detroit. I don't know none of y'all artists, but he yeah. know all of Shout them. Shout out so. to Jeezy. Wayne did give a great gift to his fans. The Carter Five drop, guys. It's finally, finally, finally. After like seven years? No, I see you tripping, tripping. It's five. <laughs> it's five. Seven years ago was the Carter Four when he dropped that, um, that's so good. That was a diss to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, yeah. That was on that album. Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought some real beef was going to happen. I thought somebody was going to get shot. But, um, something. <laughs> but, so the album dropped today. Um, initial reactions on social media has been extremely positive. People are in love in this album, particularly Mona Lisa. Now, I won't. We won't do a, a full breakdown of this album this week because it's not fair to the artists. It won't be fair to the artists to actually come up with um, a judgment of, of the album after just, what, less than 24 hours the album being Literally. out. Even if I say it's good or bad, that's not how the art was intended to be discussed. And that's some other time we can actually have the talk, the uh, conversation on how we, as just a community now of hip-hop fans, just people in general who listen to music, how we digest music so fast, and we can have a whole conversation on that. So we will break down the album next week in its, in its entirety, but my initial reaction to this album is, I was dead wrong, man. I, I, I got to tell y'all that. I thought this album was going to sound old as shit. I thought it was going to be on some wheelchairs and, and crutches, got to take some ibuprofen every three hours. I really thought he needed somebody to feed it, and it's just like, man, this album actually sounds pretty good. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize for my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it doesn't sound dated at all. Now, there's all certain songs that do sound like, yeah, man, this sounds like something that would have been hot in 2012. Um, like um, the song with Nicki, Dark Side of the Moon. I'm not a huge fan of that song. My co-host is. Um, I'm disappointed, but um, I'm disappointed in you. And look, we can all be disappointed in each other. But um, so there's another song with Sosama. I hope I hope that's how you pronounce it. Sosama. Never heard of that person. Um, what about me? That sounds eerily similar. Eerily similar to Mirrors. Um, a Little Wayne and Bruno Mars song that released around 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and one thing I did notice about the album is this man loves the piano. Every song on this album, literally, sounds like it has a piano in it. There's something, it's playing in the background. You just hear that soft, something like that. And you're just like, man, he really trying to make me cry. And I think that was supposed to evoke a, a more triumphant theme of someone who came from the bottom, especially if you've been aware of Wayne's situation with Birdman, they're telling his time with the record label, on him, saying Birdman owed him $50 million. Dollars. He's finally free. Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, I get mad when someone owe me $5. 50 million? 50 million? I'm spazzing on everybody. Really? <laughs> so, to be where he's from now, 
it doesn't even matter if the album's good or bad. It doesn't matter if the album ch- tops out on the charts or bottoms out on the charts. None of that matters. Because the central theme today is that Wayne has won. Wayne has overcame everything that was on his way and released one over his creative control, one over his creative control, and dropped an album that many people can enjoy, that all of us can. It sounds great. A couple songs I can live without. It's too long. It's an hour and a half listen. Like, that's half of the Titanic right there. there. Literally. It's 23 songs, and I'm like, 23 songs? But I believe another important theme is um, the dedication. Like, ever since the Carter Ford drop, so many Lil Wayne fans have stayed dedicated to this man, even though we we were supposed to get the Carter Five at least three years ago. We didn't. People were still dedicating the fact that he gave us this as a gift, especially on his birthday. Lil Wayne, I appreciate you. I love you, and thank you so much. The album is amazing. From the first song, Don't Cry, like it actually did cry. It made me cry because it was beautiful and... Rest in peace to X. Rest in peace to X. That's Natashion. Yes. Um, we love you, X. Yeah, it's on that whole situation with X was unfortunate. Unfortunate, it really was. Um, but yeah, that first song, "Don't Cry." When I heard his vocals, it was like, I know the song was particularly. I won't say simple, but it's like, it was easy to grasp in the sense of what the overall theme of that song was and mm-hmm. what it was trying to tell. But man, you can't help but just like feel some type of emotion. And I know I would disagree about amazing because, like I said, it's only been out for twenty less than twenty four hours, and the hype of this album has been building for over four years. Yeah. And the fact that we got it, I think we're blinded by the hype. Uh, our ears are blinded by the hype. So like, it's we're all just like really happy that Wayne has won. So I don't want to say this album's amazing. I just say it sounds good because it really does. But like to actually, I don't want to give any judgment on the album just yet. It's um, it's a body of work that if you're a Wayne fan, you you will most you've been a Wayne fan since day one. You will most definitely enjoy. However, I'm not. I've ne- I was never the biggest Wayne fan, so like it's kind of it's always been hit a hit or miss with me with Wayne. He gave me <laughs> six foot seven, then he gives me some bullshit like no worries. So it's like I mean I don't know, but like the fact to see an artist win over their creative control. And he got every what he's been through. He he overcame all that, and to see how his fans stuck with him, that's something you have to appreciate. Not just as an artist, but just as a fan of the of the culture. And you know, that's something that a lot of artists don't really get to have this time. Dictate, be able to win over their creative control, and dictate where they go on from from there. That's something a lot of artists struggle to deal with. So shout out to you, Weezy. You did it. Yeah, you can clap for that one. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, next to next topic, you know. Now, we're going to do a review to Young Thug album, On The Run. Um, the album came out Tuesday, which was actually the old ways of when music was released. It released every Tuesday. I know you guys are very young and we're old. I understand that. But this album was surprisingly, surprisingly really good. I actually prefer this more than Slime Language a lot. Definitely, like, yes. This is the this is the Young Thug that actually um, I became a fan. Of. I didn't come become a fan of Young Thug until that country album. Beautiful Thug and Girls. Yeah, Easy Beautiful Thug and Girls. 
Yeah, um, quick story. When I first heard of Young Thug, I was just like... I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner. Yeah, it was that song. I was like, what the f*** is this? Damn. Like, I'm just... <laughs> literally, I, I literally thought, I'm like, who is this mumble jumbo gibberish rapper? I just, I didn't understand him. And, then he... and when I didn't get to understand him until he released the Slime Season tapes. And it was Slime Season 2, and there was the one song, Thief in the Night, and then, you know, um, the dude problem, he was like, like a thief in the night, I'm going to take anything for some <laughs> I'm just like, oh, really? Damn. <laughs> but it was from the Slime Season tapes. Damn, what, um, wait, what? And I think it's important to note that Young Thug, he's almost like a chameleon in the rap industry, and what I mean by that is that this man has a lot of versatility. Like, when you really look at him when he came out, which I believe might be 2012, 2013, even 2014, somewhere around that time to now, he's really has progressed and grown as an artist in terms of his versatility. The fact that he's able to make acoustic trap and R&B songs just come together, and he really didn't start doing that until Beautiful Thugger Girls, but Beautiful Thugger Girls just showed how much he... um. He evolved as an artist, and I believe that On The Run is one of those EPs where you can still see his progression. You can still see him evolving. Now, On The Run EP, it is six songs. Half of the tracks are produced by um, one of his notable producers, London On The Track. He produced um, a lot of other songs for a lot of other rap artists like him. And again, it's that versatility. When you listen to the first song, On The Run, when you listen to the song Sin, just right there, you just see the way that he delivers and the way that um he delivered his verse and his rhymes. And what's actually interesting is um I was watching the Genius Review, and they interviewed this this man called Darren Flynn, and he is the associate professor and chair of linguistics at the University of Calgary, and he pretty much says that even though Young Thug may sound like a mumble rapper to some people, he's actually um, he's actually um, evolutionizing language. And I thought that was very interesting. And he said that when you listen to Young Thug, it's a lot of informal language. So when you listen to Young Thug, he sound like, you know, he's having a conversation with you about where he's from because he's from the city of Atlanta. And, you know, Atlanta is very big for artists like Ludacris, um, Outkast, and those kind of artists that just really went out the way to be themselves in the rap industry. And you can see that a lot in Young Thug. So it was very interesting to see that how he believes that Young Thug's lyricism is really making um, a way in the rap industry. Mm. And a lot of his language is emotions. And one of the lyrics from one of the songs, Sin, when I listened to it, I didn't get it. But then when I listened the second time, I was just like, Oh my goodness, like where do you get this from? Well, this line better. So he hit. said, got the same name as Butler, but more money than Ashley and her mother. So if you guys watch The Fresh Prince That's of Bel Air, yeah, you know, that. the butler's Jeffrey. And then, you know, the other reference, I'm just like, wow. Like a lot of times when I listen to Young Thug, I'm just like, what the hell is this that man bar was saying? Straight. That bar was straight. That wasn't all that. But then when I keep on listening to it and keep on listening to him, I'm just like, wow, like this man has so much delivery. I was expecting I was expecting that shit to slap, man. That was just some that was an average bar. 
But um, you are <laughs> you are right about that. Um, his the way he does use his voice is um, it's really unique to um how he uses it because I always say this about Young Thug. You can tell when um when you hear a Young Thug song. When the beat drops and you hear his first three words, you know exactly who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Nobody cannot ca- copy that style and get away with it. There was this one young thug imitator. I forgot his name. He's, he's Gunner? No, not Gunner. No, no. Little no. Baby? No, 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 no. It's somebody who's way less known than them. Um, well, no, the he had, he had, he was, he was tall, with, he was kind of tall, skinny, with light, he was light skinned with um, red hair. He don't matter at this mm-hmm. point. But like, he tried to make music just like Young Thug, and nobody was rocking with it. Nobody. It's one thing to steal, but once you take a from when you try to take from an artist that unique, oh, uh, it's not that that ain't gonna fly at all. So with Young Thug, I always been I always did enjoy how he uses his voice and just how he plays around with flows, melodies, rhythms, and just like he does un, things unorthodox on the beat that just makes you either catches your ear really well which most time he does, mm-hmm. and there's other times where you like, yeah, Chief, this ain't it, man. <laughs> this ain't it, man. And then but, once you listen again, it's like, oh, I get it. But it's important um, to talk about again. Young Thug's influence because Young Thug, he really has a big influence on the new generation of artists. The artists that I mentioned, Gunna Lil Baby, they're all from Atlanta. Actually, um, cool fact, Lil Baby actually went to the same high school as Young Thug. So I don't know if they're related or something like that, but definitely, you know, little <clears throat> baby being around young thug, oh, those it, def- are, it definitely influenced him a lot. Oh, those his kids. Yeah, like literally, like sound, those are his kids. Like when you listen to Gunna, like um, sold out dates, like just the way that they can combine trap music with acoustic guitar, it's like it's crazy. But they really got that from Young Thug because Young Thug, especially in Beautiful Thugger Girls and Super Slimy, especially with the song. Kill before you see that versatility, you just see that just awesome delivery, and I really think that Young Thug is a big influence in the music industry. Well, I mean, we have to start respecting him because Elton John, Elton John, he did a song with Elton John Elton called John, High, High, called High on this on on the Run project, and the song samples um Elton John's song Rocket Man, and when I first listened to it. When I listen to the sample, I'm like, ooh, this is nice. And then when I listen to Young Thug, you know, getting into his mold, I'm like, this is who I know Young Thug to be. Like, Young Thug, like, I like those artists where they can just hop on any kind of beat and just flow with it. And that's what I think Young Thug is. He's one of those kind of artists where you can listen to a song like um, High and just be like, Wow, this man really did a, an Elton John sample. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, he has Elton John on the song. So, like, look, look, Elton John don't make songs with any hip-hop artist. No. No. Nah. So, like, when Elton John does a song with Young Thug, we got to know he a big deal, number yeah. one. J. Cole said that he was a big deal. Like, J. Cole have him on his tour. Like, literally, a lot of prominent artists have said that Young Thug's a big deal. So, we really got to get credit where it's due. Elton John said Young Thug is a phenomenal musician. Not just artist, musician. Plenty of people have have stated this fact from J. Cole to T.I. to P. Diddy and all these other people in the in the, in, in the hip-hop industry or even music industry in total, in, in, in total. They have said this man is phenomenal at his craft. 
I used to think he was terrible. I was not a fan of none of the slime series, really. I, re- I really wasn't. But I I start like I said, I became a fan on um on Be- Easy Beautiful Dugger Girls. When once an artist like that not only knows the for lack of a better term, his um he's he finds that perfect pocket, the pocket to actually use to take advantage of the melodies, the sibilance, the delivery. And he does it in a way that no other artist can. You have to gravitate towards artists like that. It's it's impossible to ignore talent like that. Doesn't matter how you feel about the content of his music. Doesn't matter how he says very, very, very bad lines. Like, I don't have them right now, but like, you know what? We should actually do the episode where we pick out like the worst lines from our favorite artists. Cause I know J. Cole got a bunch. Like J. Cole had a line that talking about um, if you even if you squatted over a volcano, a volcano, your shit wouldn't even be hot, and <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> J Cole even had a line which said, "Homie, I'm the shit." Obviously, this is a clean version. Homie, I'm the shit. Homie, you haven't even farted yet. Why? Why? So, yeah, man. So like one day. <laughs> One day, one day we just, one day we just got to actually pick out like five artists and just like compare, compare very bad lines from them. It's just, I'm disappointed that Cole said that. And Young Thug is really, really is up there. Young Thug, no matter how good the delivery is, he's just certain lines. I have to pause the song and like, did he really just say that? No artists, no artists, no rappers should be writing this and like, yeah, this shit hot. I'm squatting over a volcano, homie. You haven't even farted yet. Your shit would never be hot. Like, come on. Come on, man. Come on. That's... Wait, actually, I found some young thug lyrics. Oh, please. You and... Oh, please. No, we should really say that for, for, like, next week episode. And just, like, we pick J. Cole, Young Thug. And who else? Who else who has a propensity for bad lyrics? Questionable lyrics sometimes. Little Wayne sometimes. I would never forget Wheezy F, baby, and the F is for phenomenal. Never forget that. <laughs> That word doesn't even start with an F, dog. <laughs> this man used that line so much he ran out of F words. Like now he's trying to go to, to homophones. Yeah. yeah, homophones. Juicy J be having some stupid lyrics. Nah, see, nah, see, we can't not nah, see Juicy J. We ain't gonna do that to him, boy. You got me thinking about like really bad lines I've heard. Yeah. I've heard a lot of bad things. Nah, see, that's why that's why we gotta do this for like an actual segment. You know what? Next week episode we are gonna do like half. Yeah, we just gonna look. We just gonna just pick out bad lines. We just we, we heard from artists over the years. I know I can tell you a whole. They gotta be a whole bunch. Oh God! I think one of the worst lines ever is um, is um Biggie. Oh no! Don't say it. You you <laughs> don't say it. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Why? You know what I'm gonna say, right? I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, man. That ain't it, man. That ain't it. Chief, that ain't it. Chief called in. <laughs> he he gave us a nice meeting. It. That man said, get that bullshit out the radio, dog. It was like, oh, man, that was a terrible lie. Yeah, but to conclude on Young Thug, I don't know how we got to terrible rap. Oh, yeah, I got to say something about Young Thug. Never mind. Um, <laughs> concluding with the Young Thug segment, you know, he's a unique artist. Sometimes it doesn't land. His content, his material doesn't land. Most of the time it does. But a musician like that who has the ability to fade in and out between different styles and just seems like he fits in perfectly. That's something you can't negate from him. And that's something you actually have to applaud him for because 
never you hear a project sounds the same from Young Thug. You just no, won't. He's one of those does. artists. On on the run sounds nothing like Slime Language, and Slime Language sounds nothing like um, Easy Beautiful Thugger Girls, and th- and that album sounds nothing like the album before that. Um, if you're up or something, something like I can't remember that project name. I'm up. Yeah, I'm up. Yeah, I'm up. And even all the Slime seasons don't even sound yeah. the same. So like, like you're getting a new experience every time, and we have to appreciate artists like that. Like it's really special to have artists like that where. They just that distinct with their music that every single time that you listen to something new, you know, you don't have the expectation like, oh, I already heard this. It's your expectations are completely thrown out of the water. Oh, yeah, we could put, I'm sorry, but I want to get back to that thing. I just realized we have to put, it should be for next week's episode, it should be J. Cole, Young Thug, Lil Wayne, and Big Sean, because Big Sean has some terrible lines. That man says, I sock you out your socks. <laughs> I'm not letting that fly. I'm really not. <laughs> oh, we could put Nikki on there too. Nikki has some really yeah, bad Nikki lines. Nikki has some really bad lines. Nikki has some really. That's a solid lineup. I like that. What? Oh no! Exactly. So next week episode gonna be bomb. There's that. There's a line he she actually did with um that song I'm the one, with with not I'm the was it I'm the one with Lil Wayne and Drake with and Chris Brown only. Yeah, only when she said I don't duck nobody but tape. tape. She did yeah, this long ass pause for punchlines on duct tape. I was like, "What, the f- Nikki?" And she said that like it was the hardest shit in the like, world. She really did, oh, man. So yeah, those those are the five: J Cole, Young Thug, Big Sean, Nikki, and who else? I said said Little Wayne. Yeah, Little Wayne. Those are, those are the, we gonna pick the top ten worst songs and we're gonna rank them. I mean, my, my, not, my bad, not songs, lines. The top ten worst lines and rank them. Oh man, this going this gonna be funny. This gonna be funny. I'm about to roast the shit out of all of them. I'm about to roast the shit out of all of them. So let's just get to the Super Bowl, man. Super Bowl fifty three is um next year, February third, two thousand nineteen. At the Mercedes Benz Stadium and the ATL. ATL. Um and the NFL announced who's gonna be performing there. And surprise, surprise, it's another middle of America favorite. Maroon 5. After last year was Justin Timberlake, and the year before that, wasn't it Coldplay? It was Coldplay. Well, it was it was three people. It was Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and Beyonce. Yeah, but they know Coldplay was not going to get all them people out there. That's why they brought up Beyonce. Right. And, and they, Beyonce and Bruno Mars practically um, stole the show. They literally did. It was but, their show. I know, but let me not disrespect Coldplay like that. Could they actually no, 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 no. Coldplay yeah. is... Especially um, the lead writer. Chris Martin. Chris Martin. So I'm terrible with names, guys. I think you just learned that today. But Chris Martin, he is a phenomenal song. He writes he for is. Beyonce very often. Yes. So, like, let me give them their credit. But, yeah, I don't know why they picked Coldplay. I just know I, I like that song. Viva La Vida. Viva La Vida. Yeah, great. Oh. Drake actually sampled that song, and congratulations. Congratulations. So far gone. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Yep, fun fact of the day, guys. I mean, you gave them three fun facts of the day. They're probably tired of you right now. <laughs> what? You know what they say? Knowledge is power. Man, we've been in school all day. I ain't. Just, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to chill, bro. I'm trying to listen to Carter Five. I'm trying to trash Nicki Minaj. Um. <laughs> so, um, the Maroon Five have been selected to perform the Super Bowl, and they have two special guests with them: Cardi B and Travis Scott. Scott. Yeah. How do you feel about that, first off, before I give my two cents? It makes sense 
because when you look at the Super Bowl halftime performances and how they select them, they select the most prominent and the most notable artists, you know, either of, you know, the entire world, like Madonna or um, Michael Jackson, or, you know, just people that are notable, like Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, and Maroon 5, because, you know, when you think of Maroon 5, you think of Adam Levine, who is the head of the band, you know, which I love him. I just love him and his voice. So to me, it makes sense. They don't make good music anymore. But only oh, to an certain extent. The only issue that I see with it is that the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. And if you're going to have a Super Bowl somewhere like Atlanta, where, oh my goodness, like we could just name so many people who from Atlanta that just makes up the whole, like maybe 50% of the hip hop blueprint. Like that's how big Atlanta is. They really miss the opportunity to really bring somebody from that city to really, you know, make a great performance. They could have picked anybody. They could have picked Ludacris. They couldn't even pick Outkast for crying out loud. Like, do you know that I will be living my best life if I see Andre 3000 play Hey Ya? Like, that was my song. When the last time you seen Andre 3000 outside? <laughs> I know, but that was my song. But they could have picked them. They even could have picked somebody like Migos. I think what they need to do from now on is they need to put the they need to put the millennials perspective more into the selections. They don't have to for the next But Stevenson, you made a great point when we had the conversation yesterday about how it's it's middle age America. It's not really focusing on the millennials. And when you think about it in this day and age, the millennials has such a huge impact on media and just society in general. I think that they should start listening to them more when it comes to Super Bowl selections because they just missed the opportunity to have somebody who is from Atlanta to make Atlanta feel special. Like, Atlanta is one of those cities where, you know, they want something where they'll feel special. So if you have an Atlanta artist no. that plays in the Super Bowl, then that's going to make them feel really special. No, no. Um, yes, they do pander towards middle-aged America, and they don't have to pander to us for the next decade because we're not middle-aged yet. Most of their fan base are white Americans. We have to remember this. They're white, middle-aged Americans. Most of them aren't too fond of hip-hop. And if they are fond of it, they only know the big stars mm-hmm. of today and yesteryear. That's why Cardi B and Travis Scott are there, because most likely they are aware of them through their children or through the radio. Right. So they don't have to pander to us, people in our age group, to like five, ten years from now. They, the NFL not obligated to do anything, honestly. They know where their bottom line is. They know why people will go, are, are going to tune in for Justin Timberlake. I I remember when I heard Justin Timberlake. I'm like, man, who wanted to listen to some Justin Timberlake? Then this man plays Cinerita, and I'm like, I'm singing every word. I was actually fond of it because I'm like, Cinerita, just the whole Justify album. Like, if he performed the whole Justify album, I'm going to scream. <laughs> no, he, he what's sex? Yeah, I wish he performed the whole Future Sex oh Love God. songs. But that's that's besides the point. But like. When I heard it was Lady Gaga, I'm like, man, who the hell wanted to some Lady Gaga? Then she's singing Bad Romance. I'm like, yes. nah, nah, la, face. la, la. I'm like, I'm singing every word and shit. So, like, we know who they're pandering to because they know what their, what their demographic is. 
particularly if you add in uh, millennials who are more often than not, we take social issues very seriously. Mm-hmm. Everything the NFL has against them regarding the Colin Kaepernick situation, they're handling the net on um, the the protest. A lot of people our age are tuning out the NFL. So you, so would you say millennials would make a negative impact in not, terms of the audience? No, not a negative impact, but like they know one, we're not their main source. Right, main source. Or their main demographic. We soon will be yeah. eventually in the upcoming years. But particularly those in the second half and our age, we don't particularly I'm not gonna say we don't we don't particularly care who would perform. But it doesn't matter if we turn it off because they know they're going to have the people in the first half of our generation exactly. and the who's generation before that who's going to watch it. So, so when you have, like, what's the point? And when you have Maroon 5, who arguably hasn't dropped a good album since Overexposure, their three out of their first four albums were really good. Yes. Especially their first one, Songs About Jane. Oh, my goodness. It's a classic. Such a classic. Classic. Uh, Ask when, even the second one, it won't go, it won't, it won't be soon before long. Another great album. They they went purely pop on overexposure, which I did enjoy. But then V and Red Blue Pills came after. I'm not I haven't really checked out for those at all. Yeah. But they've had chart topping singles since then. They can literally have the whole concert there for an hour. This love, harder to breathe. She will be loved. Sunday morning. I love that. So that's my favorite song by them. Must get out. Makes me wonder, which was number one on the Billboard charts when it came out. Wake Up Call, You Won't Go Home Without You. I'll Never See Your Face Again, featuring Rihanna. Oh, yes. Good Night, Good Night, Misery. Give Me a Little More, Never Gonna Leave This Bed. Uh, I was gonna get to that. Payphone, uh, Moves Like Jagger. That (laughs) That song was so annoying when it came out. One More Night, Daylight, Love Somebody, Maps, Animals, Sugar, like, they have so much songs they could perform. They could take up the whole a whole hour set. Yeah. So like, I'm not mad at the choice. I don't. I'm not even mad at even picking artists from Atlanta because we have to remember social media. Even though it's big, is only it, it's just another microcosm of the United States. I mean, of the world. Right. So like, yeah, we all black Twitter's like, yeah, we want Luda, we want Ti, we want um Goody Mob, we want. Outcast, we want Jermaine Dupree, we want Lil Bow Wow, we want that whole crew. But Black Twitter is like this small compared to the whole, the whole entire. Not even the whole. You don't have to go that far. Just Black Twitter, just a small part, small market, smaller part of the demographic. Of the demographic, like yeah, you might want that, but they don't. My main demographic don't want to hear that. So I'm going to pander to them, and I know most of you guys won't listen, but you won't affect my bottom line as much. Because that's what happens. It's all based on viewers. If you can get people to tune in, you have people, you have agencies, companies buying ad time. You can And Super Bowl ads are not cheap. Like, I don't even think the cheapest one is a, is a million. It's more than that. No, it's more than that. That's just the cheapest time slot you can get. Literally. You want, you want, you need statistics. You need to show like, look, these people are watching at these times. I have this many people. You, I'm going to charge you this much. What you going to do? Especially at halftime, you want people to stick down and say, oh, God, I can't wait for Maroon 5. They're going to perform next. You're going to have a lot of your demographic that might say, they're bringing Ludacris? Flip. Mm-hmm. I might stay because Ludacris is my favorite rapper ever. Exactly. 
But like you gonna have a large portion of them, not a, not like half of it. You gonna have a large portion be like switch. Yeah. I'm not watching that. I'm not tuning in. Let's let me go turn to CNN. Let me turn to ESPN. <laughs> CNN. They're gonna turn to something. So you have you need something to keep them on that channel. Get them excited for a rock band that hasn't been good for their past two albums. Yeah, it was clever to add. Cardi B and Travis Scott. And that, because, and that know, was supposed to pull Travis us. Scott's um, album, Astroworld, just went platinum. You know, he, even though I feel like he's already, he been blew up, he's, I feel like he's blowing up now. And Cardi B, you know, she's been blowing up for the past year, not only music-wise, but she's been killing it at Paris Fashion Week. So it makes sense to have those two artists along with Moon 5. You arguably have the biggest female rapper right now and the most popular right now artist, male artist, male rapper in the game in Travis Scott. Yeah. A platinum an album that went platinum in like less than two months. His halftime performance might be the most viewed, probably. His all his performances are lit. There was um a live stream of his performance at Rolling Loud last week. This man was literally screaming almost loud. I thought he was gonna lose his voice. People was no, like, making mosh Travis, pits. Yeah, like, literally, Travis Scott shows is lit. I have to go to the Astroworld tour. If you go to a Travis Scott concert, you're leaving with a broken arm. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Something was going to be, be broken. Just be prepared for it. Because those mosh pits, you like you're getting jumped. So <laughs> those those selections were made to draw us in. And it's going to work. I'm going to tune in to see Cardi. I'm going to tune in to see Travis Scott. I was going to watch the Super Bowl anyway. But now this give me an incentive to sit down there and like, man, once after Moon Five sings Wake Up Call, I can't wait to sit to for Cardi B and Travis Scott comes out. Mm-hmm. So is I get it. I get why we're mad because you know Atlanta, especially their fan base, Atlanta Falcons fan base, the stadium is always filled with predominantly black people. It's a really black city. Their yes. fan base is majority black. The games are, have a ton of black people, as I just said. So you're like, man, you know, the atmosphere in the stadium would be so cool if you bring out an artist. Migos might come out anyway there. because but of Cardi exactly, B. And we don't ever know. Sometimes it might be a surprise. Right, it might we be don't Cardi B and, and um, Cardi, I mean, Cardi B and Travis Scott might be there. But next year, you might see Little Bow Wow just come in that bitch <laughs> just... They sing, let me hold you. And my arms and my. No, no, no. He really thought he really thought this little like stutter shit with his arms was it. Like it was cold when he did it though. Like he did that shit. That was back in like 2003, like when he had the dress. Like literally. Oh my goodness. You know, they could be artists like that out and we wouldn't know. But like I said, I'm not really, you know, I'm not tripping over it. Hip hop is the most popular genre now in the world, but, like, they know, the NFL knew, knows who their fan base is. They know who they cater to and what to pander to them. So I'm not even, like, surprised anymore at this point. You know, if, it ha- if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, it it truly is not. And that's how I just think it is. But um, lost in the midst of all these albums coming out, you know what? This is a segment we're going to start doing every day because we, we record on Fridays. That's when new music comes out. So there has been plenty of new music to come out besides the Carter Five. Um, Kevin Gates dropped an album. Luca Brassi three. Um, Logic dropped an album. Young Sinatra four. Um, who else dropped an album today? Kodak Black. I don't know the title of the album, but I did hear that he dropped an album. And um, 
T.I. is supposedly supposed to be dropping the album next week. Well, yeah, Con- Con- oh, yeah, yeah. Kanye West's new album, Gandhi's coming out tomorrow. You said Yandi? Yandi. Um, Kodak Black dropped a single called If I'm Lying, I'm Flying. <laughs> Look, man, don't. Don't ask me, man. <laughs> don't ask. Look, I'm going to support him because he Haitian. And I'm gonna support. I actually su- like Kodak Black, but I'm that support- song title was just really funny. I'm gonna support my Zoes, but like, man, it's kind of hard. Tech Nine drop a new single, so like, yeah. Lady Gaga <laughs> and Bradley Cooper drop a song together. What the? What the f- when the f- did Bradley Cooper sing? Bro, that's probably like when Lady Gaga did went that whole phase with that Tony Bennett shit. I didn't like that. I'm like, sis, I need you to be that crazy Lady Gaga. I look. The thought one she... at no, I could never forget that VMAs performance where um she performed paparazzi and then she went all the way to the top of the chandelier and then she was hanging down the chandelier with just blood smeared off her body. I just thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Hey, look, no, nah, like man. that's my that's my favorite Lady Gaga. I just remember she went into the MTV Awards dressed like raw, raw meat, and I'm like. Why the f- I thought that was cool. That ain't nothing cool about that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, all these new albums dropped today, and the artist I want to talk about is Logic. Logic is a very interesting case. Um, interesting solely because if you haven't heard from none of his songs, man, do you know he's mixed? Like, wow, he's right. biracial. <laughs> so amazing. So that's your like your fifth fun fact of the day. He's biracial, and he mentions it in every song. song. I'm white, I'm white, I'm black, I'm black. My mama hate me. She racist, but you but you date a black man and you marry him. You had him with me. Why you call me the N-word, mama? Like, all this in every song. I'm like, God. Yeah. Shut up. So, <laughs> Logic is a very interesting case of an artist who I feel, after thinking about this for a while, he has pandered. I, w- I, w- I want to hear, re- I want to get your reaction for this. To me, he's, he panders to this very popular ideal that a lot of people have on all positivity and good vibes and not his artistry. I actually disagree. I I do get what you're saying because when I listen to a lot of Logic's music, I do see that positivity. But I think, I think probably when he dropped that Suicide song, the, I, I believe that Logic is one of those artists where like Mac Miller, he shows a lot of vulnerability. And like from that suicide song, I didn't really expect it to come out of somebody like Logic. I think when he first came out, he didn't do that. But I feel like I, I'm not saying like from his like um discography, but I'm saying specifically from that song. It was just one of those songs where like I didn't expect it to be from him. And I'm actually I have to applaud him for doing that song anyway, because it was very important song. Well, yeah, I mean, that one song does not negate the fact that I don't think that he does not sell that idea of peace and positivity and to pander to that notion, especially it's very popular now with young people, where it's all peace, all positivity, spread love, and it has taken and hit on his artistry because, well, like... What's wrong with that? I feel like there is there's something wrong with that because you're not making what you want. You're making what... You're making what the people want, and as we as we just stated with Eminem, if you're making if you're if what you're if what you're creating dictates to the audience base, say I want all this peace, I want all this positivity, I want this, and he does it in the most bare fashion imaginable. 
Like, yeah, all that hate, turn it to the side. I don't want to hear that. If you disagree with my view of positivity, you're evil. So you do you think that logic is not being no, genuine? No, not genuine. It's that it's so bare. Like, like corny? But it kind of is, actually. Not even just corny, but like it's so bare, and he doesn't actually give you, like, the one, the, the suicide song you just mentioned. It's a very powerful song. The message. But the way he went about that message was pretty bare. I expect a song like that to give me an experience of, I don't want to live. He never gave me that experience throughout that song that made me that convinced myself that convinced me he didn't want to live no more. Yeah, because because even though he in the beginning he said I want to um, die, he didn't turn around and say I don't want to die. He, he he literally just said I I want to die or oh, all this happened whatever the song how the song went oh I don't want to die no more. Right, yeah. It's like you could have made that song much more effective and much more powerful in your writing to give me that story that that experience like man he really hit rock bottom so what you're saying he is that it. logic is lacking some kind of substance in this music not the substance the substance is there but it's so bare and so generic that it's just it, it comes off as cliches or mm. regular shit we could say like his song on um one day with ryan Terter. that's on his new album yeah like that's a cliche that's just song. like you can be whatever you want. You're white, you're black, you're rich, you're poor. We're all the same. Wow, thank you so I much. I really did. I really did not notice I'm a human being. Like, my God. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I can admit that so, logic can be a little corny when so it comes to music. When, so once that, once you're that bare with that peace and positivity bullshit, it's like, man, like, it makes me question, like, are you using it as a shield to avoid criticism for your art. Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. It just I'm just one of those people where I don't like negative shit. So when I hear somebody like Logic, I don't I don't like negative shit. Like it it already, you know, puts a damper on me even if I'm feeling some kind of way. So when I listen to Logic's music, I just I really get where he's coming from. And even though the whole biracial shit that shit is corny. He he got to stop that. Literally. I don't want to hear a song saying, I'm black, I'm white. Like, we get it. And it's okay. You know, I admire you for, you know, not being afraid to express that. But it's like, come on, we get it. You've been doing this for like, what, three years? I just 2014. Thought, you've been yeah. doing this for four years. I was a freshman. Come on, Logic. Please, okay, no, we see, get it. Okay, no, we wait. We get okay. it. No, no, no. Um, It wasn't for you. That album, he rarely didn't. If he did mention it, it wasn't to the degree he does now. Because it didn't really start happening until everybody, when he made that concept album, was trying to say everybody's one. Which, you know, I'm not hate. Okay, let me make this. I'm not hating the message. I just hate how it's delivered. Yeah. Cause he, he could do it another way. Here's another, here's another way I can, I can say this, right? That Suicide song, right? Look at Jonah Lucas' um, song. I think it was called Suicide Correct, too, right? Yeah, that, that one is good. That... Has that gave me the feeling of like he the way he told the story, the first verse is the person who commits suicide. So he mm -hmm. talks about his feelings, all the trauma that leads to, to his unfortunate decision at the end. And then the second verse is Jonah Lucas talking to his friend. Yeah. And, you know, expressing emotions of anger towards his friend for doing this, for not telling him, sadness for not trying not being there, not being aware, and just all these emotions that felt so real. 
I came away from the song like, man, that scene, that's that what really happens. Like that really yeah. touched me. It was that rawness. And shout out to Jordan There's Lucas, so by much the way. meat on that bone that you can chew on and appreciate. While Logic saw 1 800 225, what's the rest? On the song 1 800 273 8255, is like, yeah, the message is, I, I applaud the message, but the way it's delivered is not the same as it was delivered on suicide. Yeah. It's just not. So once you're that bare and I can see somebody else who's who brings who brings more nuance, who goes more in depth to that subject, I kind of look at you like, man, you can't do any more. Yeah, and, and then you just like, oh, you like, and I go back to the if you don't agree with this piece and positivity, you're evil. I mean, no, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with it, but like, you can do better. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe? And this might be a breach, but. So remember when we talked about Russ in terms of how, you know, he's like, oh, you know, f- drugs, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe that logic is the same way in terms of try- of him trying to convey this message of peace and positivity? Or do you just believe that there's no correlation? I don't think there's any correlation. Um, okay, wait. First off, are you trying to say that does he message the way he frames um, the peace and positivity is... Comparable to how Russ frames his. Yes. No, because with Russ, he's much more straightforward and abrasive, and that comes off as someone who truly does not know the situation. Mm. And on top of that, Russ never really talked about it in interviews or his songs. Yeah, he never talked about it. With Logic, he has made songs about the topic. He has spoke about the topic in interviews. So I know where he stands. So though the way they frame it is not comparable, but what I will say is that the way it's delivered by Logic is so generic that it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe because like I'm the type of person who I don't see the world in rose-colored tint glasses and all peaches and sunshine and rainbows and whatever positive shit you guys view the world. I. <laughs> I I I'm I've never been that kind of person. Like, unfortunately, I am a pessimist. <laughs> so, like, I see the world in a very gloomy, dark, cynical way. For whatever reason, that's how I always see the world. And I and when I hear someone who's that bare and just always preaches positivity in in that bare fashion, I'm like, man. I mean, yeah, I love the message that you're trying to send, but like. You know the way the way you go about it, the way you talk about it, it's really shallow. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good, and you, that's you why perception is so important because you said you're a pessimist. I consider myself an optimist. You know, like I, I just see, I just see the good in people. I just see the good in life, even though, you know, some of it. It's shitty. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. because I am a pessimist. I don't know if just how I am was because I'm a pessimist, but like I need more of a reason to understand why something is so good or even so bad. Yeah. And like, so like he's not giving me enough to actually like be fully behind his message. I can get that. Because it's one thing to say that, you know, oh, this is good. This is great. But there's another thing to actually explain why is good exactly. and why is great. And like, that's what Logic is not like, doing. I've never been the type of, I've never been a fan of like people who try to sell the world as pure gold when 
truly, it's the farthest thing from paradise ever. <laughs> that would like life is not a paradise. It's it's not hell, but it's in this weird median where it's like it's never fully good and never fully bad. But for others, the spectrum of that is so varying between human beings. Where it's like, man, you can't just make your perspective and force upon everybody else, whether good or bad. And that's that's just of life and that positivity bullshit. That's why I call it bullshit. But so that's how I've always been. You know, like I said, I'm always open to change and like people to talk to me about this. But like, I don't know how many times I can say it's just bare. Like, and that's why I just he's in this precarious state. His new album dropped today, and thankfully, he went back to rapping, rapping, Mm -hmm. and not about him being biracial. Yeah, and he went back to what made a lot of people a fan of his. Now he did mention it in one song. But the way he mentioned it was totally different from how he was before. That made it much more unique because I feel like he added more depth into what he's selling. So I'm like, okay, I can rock with this a little bit now. Like before, he was just stating like general platitudes of just peace, love, and positivity. Love your mother. Love your neighbor. Love your sister. Love your brother. Love each other even though you don't know each other's names. I'm like... Yeah, man, I can't do that. No, no, no. Well, I would say that there still is room for Logic to grow because he only been out a few years and people are getting exposed to who he is as an artist. And, you know, that is a question. Do Logic even know who he is as an artist? He's still trying to find himself. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And And that's kind of weird. I feel like with Young Sinatra 4... That might be the peak. Oh no! It might be. I, I, I really, I really, I really think it's. I think it's good. I do. I don't I really think that's do. his peak. That's kind of disrespectful I, to I, say. Well, well, what do you think was his peak? Because he hasn't it, reached his peak yet. You still don't think he has? No, he ha- He's a, he's an artist with so much potential. He has yet to find his style. Period. And that's one of the hardest things to do in the game. And the fact that he's disrespectful dis- dis- successful without truly finding his style is actually a testament to his talent. Because once, like that Ryan Schroeder song, One Day, that's like, that's not like an Eminem cut. <laughs> that's, that's straight from the Eminem playbook. Except instead of, instead of a popular um, girl singing the hook, it's a man. That's that's the only difference. That was literally the only difference. That's when he goes to um, Under Pressure. There was a song... Um, there's a couple of songs like um Nikki? Nick, not not, not Nikki. Oh, okay. There were certain songs on um Under Pressure where like sometimes I hear tra- a Travis Scott type of type of vibe. Then I hear a Kendrick type of flow. I'm like, he has all these bullets in his arsenal, but he doesn't know which weapon is his right. Right, which one to use. fits him best. Sometimes it's the rapid fire flow that he loves doing. Sometimes, sometimes it's that slow, flow. methodical type of um, style he made and the fact that he's that versatile is good but like nothing that truly defines him as oh that's the logic so the fact he hasn't does that I don't think he hasn't reached his peak and Young Sinatra is a huge step forward the new one Young Sinatra 4 is a huge step forward for him finding that style mm-hmm. that's why he hasn't reached his peak I don't yeah. think he, he's, he's not reached his no, peak I at agree all with that. and um, a lot of times I've seen kind of like debates where it's like um, oh do you guys is it Logic or Mac Miller and and the reason why I gravitated to Mac Miller because Mac Miller is that guy. When I listen to him, I can just feel what he's talking about, and I agree with you to some extent. 
Like, honestly, it wasn't really till the suicide song to me that I couldn't really feel what Logic was saying. Like, all I all I really saw from him is that, oh, he has a nice flow. Oh, he has some kind of dynamic. I still think the biracial bullshit was annoying. But still. Damn, I am right again. <laughs> Look at that. Man. <laughs> but still, like. Nothing but I, facts. I just thought that he was just a good rapper. That's all. He That's is. it. That's all he is. He's a good. Whereas compared to Mac Miller, I just thought that he was great because just and it's so important in hip hop to have that transparency because just music in general, music is such a, a therapeutic way for people to feel better, to feel good, to you know listen about the same experiences that they have, to learn from those experiences. That's what music is, and transparency is important because. You know, people, when they look for an artist and when they look for the qualities they want in the artist, they want transparency. They want yep. that artist to literally be sitting next to you in the room, even though it's not literally happening. When I listen to a Mac Miller song, that's what I feel. I feel like he's right next to me telling me exactly what I've been feeling my lifetime, whether it was just one moment or just my whole entire life in general. Yeah. And with Logic, I just don't get that. And I feel like Young Sinatra 4, it, it is the beginning of what could happen, hopefully, but we really don't know. And Logic is just still trying to find himself. So essentially, if you guys have aren't aware, right, I completely changed her tone and her position on this. So like yes, you did. I am. Thank you, Steven. I am. Oh, see, oh, you're so, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> so like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right a lot of the times. You know, I, yes, I'm, you I, I, I ain't trying to talk shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, that's all we have for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of the Culture Report. I am Stevenson Altador. I'm L'Oreal Nix. Uh, don't you guys? Did you have something you want to say about your, um, your website? Oh, yeah. So my blog that I mentioned um, in the first episode, Live in the Mix, I actually am looking for writers. So if you guys are interested in writing, and it could be anything. It could be politics, news, sports, fashion, artwork. If you know people that are photographers, artists, writers, or just anybody that's making an impact in their community and you want to write about it, just send me an email. My email is... um. L-N-I-X-42 at gmail.com. Just send me a brief email about whatever idea that you have, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. I check my emails every day, so there's no way that I could possibly miss you. So, again, my email is L-N-I-X-42 at gmail.com. Send me an email if you're interested in writing for Living the Mix. All righty. There we go, Oprah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And like I so said, you see, you got the information. You know, hit her up. She's a phenomenal writer, phenomenal person. So you know, it's a great opportunity for you guys. And also, got a little promotion myself. You know, you know what y'all call that? Shameless plug. Yeah, a little shameless plug. Um, every Tuesday on one hundred one point one, the beat that Central Michigan radio station. I have a radio show called Live in Effect, where it'd be something similar to this but with music playing in between. So, you know, you get a taste of my music style, my music taste. So, you know, just come listen. You can call in whenever you whenever you want. We have a conversation. That, that's what I just want to do, man. That's all I want to do. So I hope you guys have a, had a beautiful week. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. 
um, Belle Jeunet. And if you don't know what that means, that's have a nice day in Creole. And I truly hope you do. <laughs>